Our guest today is passionate about helping other people live a healthier life. Not only that, but he helps you do so with simplistic steps that can be put into action immediately following today's show. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, with my special guest, Chris Michaels, because why? It's Friday where we're doing our recap, but we have a great guest with us. We're just continuing this, Chris. Each I know. <laughs> Friday, like we're stepping up the level. We had John Warner talking about disclosure right before disclosure starts happening in our country. And then today we get Cultivate Elevates, one of their founders, Matt. Now you might follow him on Cultivate Elevate on Instagram. It's a pretty viral page. He also has the YouTube page. A lot of my listeners follow Matt, follow his content, and they send me clips from him. Uh, regarding uh, using copper to grow plants, uh, mushrooms in order to help increase health and vitality. And uh, so I'm just excited that he's here with us. We get to ask him questions and talk to him. So Matt, welcome to America Emboldened. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad that you're here. Now, Matt, let's kind of get started first at the beginning. Uh, Your company uh, to kind of promote wellness started because you yourself and your partner, Amra, we're going through some, I guess, health challenges. You were sick of kind of feeling down about your own health. So tell me, why did you start to take these matters into your own hands? What was the catalyst? So in the, years ago, I mean, we both had health issues. We had all different types of things from losing our voice to having tonsillitis to swollen, you know, being swollen, acne, bloated, mood swings, anything you can think of, the typical whatever it may be, allergies, seasonal allergies, you know, all those funny things. But it was during that time in which I started realizing that something I was doing, this was about eight years ago, nine years ago, something I was doing was wrong. It wasn't, I was following all the different diets. I tried being vegan, vegetarian, paleo, you know, tried every single thing and whatever else, but something seemed completely off. And during my health journey, I was talking to a lot of professionals and the professionals were telling me it's genetic and you're just getting older you know, and you're allergic to dust and pollen and all the other things that are all outside every single day and whatever it may be. And so as they were telling me that, I just kind of felt like I'm going in a circle. You know, the people are just keep telling me in a circle and each one would tell me the same thing, but nobody was ever addressing the root cause, which I was just poisoning myself. And so I got into this documentary called GMOs Revealed. It was a 22 hour documentary And when we watched that documentary, it pretty much changed our lives forever. I mean, that was pretty much what happened. And it was basically making me realize that our food is no longer just food. It's being utilized as a weapon. And it's pretty much silent weapon for quiet wars. It brings something into your home, which you don't realize that's impacting your health because it's either loaded with pesticides or it's being gene altered, or it's not grown in the traditional fashion of having all the nutrients it's supposed to have, like the 102 we're supposed to be getting. 
So when I started realizing all of this and we started going all organic and changing our diets and implementing different things with superfoods and, and, and distilled water and all these different things, I started realizing, wow, all my issues that I'm having are all going away. And it was just me starting to address the root cause, which was I was poisoning myself every day. And it was interesting because at that time I was in the fitness world. I knew the protein, carbs, fats, you know, I was in the bodybuilding, powerlifting world and all of that and big in the gym world. And I realized something's off. And it was, I was going to Whole Foods and I was buying grass fed beef and all these things, but they were cooking it in canola. So, you know, I was getting one part, which was good, but then they would get me with the other side. And then over a time, all these restaurants that I decided to attend or maybe eat at were also cooking in canola and soybean oil and corn oil and all these things. And so I started getting all these health ailments and at about the age of 30, so I'm 37 now, but at the about the age of 30, I felt like I was only had a couple more years to go. And I got up to about 240, 250 at my height, about 5'11". So just basically solid. And I realized this is just not this is just not the way. And so when I started understanding all that in between, when I was in the fitness world, I was experimenting a little bit with mushrooms like cordyceps and lion's mane to improve performance and things like that. But it all pretty much started from having all these health problems and none of the professionals ever addressing the root cause. And as I started to fix the root cause, I don't have any problems anymore. Like it was just that simple. And so, you know, we created Cultivate Elevate to give that ability to everybody else for different things to elevate in their terrain, whether it's their food, whether it's their water, whether it's their garden, you know, whether it's just the light bulbs of going from LEDs to incandescence, you know, just little things, because every single thing is playing a impact on our health. Yeah, as I sit here with my LED lights lighting up my room, for, so I look decent. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm feeling guilty. <laughs> I mean, really, there's so much right now that's uh, we look at modern day conveniences, whether it is the food industry, how convenient it is to just stop and get fast food. Uh, that's the way of life for many individuals instead of preparing meals for yourself, uh, as well as our lights. We've been sold this idea that we can change our light bulbs to save ourselves money, but we don't read that little disclaimer underneath that they all have RF frequencies in the FCC. Um, you don't know this about me, Matt, but I actually manage a radio station um, as well. So I'm very familiar with when the FCC puts something on, there's communications, yes. there's reasons why. Uh, but yes, LED, uh, when people, they don't understand that these light bulbs that they've come out with, they have the ability to communicate as well. Wi-Fi networks, 5G, things that Chris and I have talked about. You can really kind of go crazy thinking about, wow, how do I clean up my life to the point where I can feel comfortable that I'm living the cleanest that I possibly can while still having modern conveniences. So that's kind of where I wanted to start. If somebody wants to kind of make that first change, I think the first thing for me is diet, prepare the meals yourself. What would you say the first thing would be for individuals as far as where to begin to kind of hey, how do I get rid of this inflammation that I've been on pharmaceuticals for that I want to see if I can reset my body? So the first three things I would say, the first one, what I would say is barefoot grounding, going out into nature, connecting yourself with nature. Nature will heal you from just about anything. And so will sunshine. And this has been shown in the book, Health and Light by Dr. John Ott. Every person can be healed by just the sun alone. So I always advocate for being out in the sun. The second part I would say is going all organic. 
And the reason I say that is because there was a 1992 study, the last study on organic actually was 1992, where they showed that conventional foods are only yielding one one hundredth of the vitamins of organic food. So when it comes to healing the body and maybe missing nutrients and pathways kind of shut off, going all organic can be a really big step. And then the third one or fourth one I would say is cleaning up your water, making sure you're not drinking some toxic fluoride, arsenic, lead loaded water that's you know loaded with toxins. So filtering your water, maybe getting a distiller, maybe an RO system, getting a well, whatever it may be so that you can have cleaner water and not this sludge of who knows what's going on. And then the last one that's just really simple, which I think is one of the easiest ones too, is just getting rid of your Wi-Fi and hardwiring your devices so that you're not pinging these radio frequencies or these the EMF throughout your house all the time, because that's working on a microwave spectrum. And you can just plug in your devices with an ethernet cord. That's what I have with my computer now. And you just run all your devices that way. And those four things, I mean, that's, that's, that's the most simplest things I could say. You know, and if you want to take it a step further, you can take your lights from LEDs to incandescence, just so you have a nice warm spectrum in the house. And then, you know, if you take it one step further, you're going from polyester clothes to linen, cotton, hemp, or wool. So those I would say, you know, everything is a frequency. And when I had my health issues, everything I realized was this frequency. I was putting toxic things in my body, which were removing the beautiful frequency of, of, of harmony in my health. And they were destructuring my body. And as I bring back all this other stuff that structures my body, your health begins to heal like that. Chris, what, what do you got there? I see you're over there. Jump on in. <laughs> no, no, I'm taking notes here. Me too. I'm, that's why I was so, done. I kind of, I always a few have things. a pen in my hand. So that's why I'm doing stuff. Uh, so first off, I will agree with Matt having lived in Arizona for two years that sunlight actually helps pretty much everything. I remember when I was sick a couple of times in Arizona, all I would do was sit outside and just roast and I would be I'd be fine. And I will also say this because it's been validated by a few, um, I guess, health nuts on my side. Sunlight also makes you look better. So I've never been around more model material people, men and women per capita in my life than in Arizona. I can promise you that other than like these bridge trolls out here in New York that <laughs> barely touch sunlight. I will also say this. Um, I can promise you that I do all organic. I mean, Matt and I have been chatting off on and off for quite some time now, but I, I only eat organic. I make my own stuff. I've now actually gone to a pretty much raw diet. I think the most chemical substance I use is probably olive oil. Otherwise it's all, it's all seasonings basic seasonings and breakfast is usually all raw too. Um, I will say how I found Matt or how, how I ordered stuff from Matt. And that was from my fulvic and humic acid episode for years ago when we were talking about COVID and the injections. So, you know, fulvic acid, humic acid, what's all that? It's basically what plants were grown in. And then through big pharma, all those nutrients went away. So we don't really get our fulvic acid and humic acid anymore. So what did that lead me to? Shilajit, right? So where does that, what is shilajit, Matt? How is this a miracle supplement? Potentially, because you can't say definitively, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> you cannot. So with shilajit, what it is, is it, it's a superfood that provides the body with 84 of 102 minerals. 
And like you were just saying, we're missing a lot of our minerals. Our foods are only grown in pretty much three minerals. So most people are getting three out of the 102. So shilajat is that ancient superfood. It's basically the compression of soil through mountains compressing at such a high pressure to create this just beautiful tar-like substance. And when you go and put that into your body, you begin to detox and you also begin to mineralize your body. And then you'll start to notice, for example, your energy will improve. If you have chronic fatigue, it'll start to go away. If you have memory loss, maybe brain fog, all of those things, because each mineral plays a vital role in each pathway of the body. And Shilajat helps complete filling or complete to assist those pathways, which may be lacking because of our chemical ridden Monsanto foods. Right. You're also lacking or you're not mentioning one more thing, which you should is that NIH report from 2014 that references how humic and fulvic acid found in shilajat is an excellent graphene uh, oxide detox material yes. and heavy metal detox. So God knows what you find in the vaccines, not just the COVID shots, but all vaccines, right? Yes. So I think it's very, very important uh, in that regard. That's why I started to take that. And that was a video I put up a little bit after you sent me that post of that study. And that video has been taken down numerous times. I don't even know. <laughs> Instagram. Really? Surprising. Every time I post that video, it actually gets taken down for false and misleading information, even though it's a PubMed study that says that chilajot, wheatgrass, and chlorophyll can pull out graphene from the body. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What do you think that means? I think it means it works. I think that might be <laughs> yeah, <important>. right? <laughs> So, Matt, I have a question about Shilajat. I have not taken it. Uh, Chris has told me, you know, I should give it a try. Uh, the reason I haven't taken it is because from an allergy perspective, I was concerned because I have reactions to different funguses. And um, for a person like myself that might be concerned about, will you have a reaction because it's a mushroom? Uh, is this something that people should be concerned about? Is it something that you can uh, do an allergy type test for, or is it you can try a little bit? Like, is it a safe thing for people to generally use? So Shilajat is probably up there with one of the safest things to consume, dragon's blood being the other one. And the reason I say that, hold on, this thing just put, said, God, it's asking me that I'm being consented. Sorry. That's okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm already here consenting. But anyway, so- I have blood. the dragon's blood too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so what I was going to say is that the dragon's blood and the shilajat are probably two of the safest things on the planet. They have the most studies. If you look okay. into the studies of, for example, like Ayurvedic medicine, shilajat has, I think it's like 5,000 studies. It's pretty crazy. And it's very heavily used to heal just about every ailment. It was considered the conqueror of weakness. So they used it for just about anything you can think of. The other thing, too, is let's say if you're kind of worried about maybe if you would have some sort of reaction, you could take a little bit of a Shilajat tablet, put it in some water, dab it onto your skin and see if you have any reaction going on like that. Or you could do a simple muscle test, you know, of just trying to do a muscle test before you try it and see how you feel. But the thing of what I've noticed is with anybody having any type of reactions to things, the only one that maybe gets a little tricky is shellfish. And that's with pearl, because it, it's not in the shellfish family, but it's a part of it. And technically, it's just a little challenging for that one. But other than that, Shilajat is probably one of the safest things I've seen other than dragon's blood and a couple other different mushrooms. Glad I asked. Good to know. Really good to know because I have a horrible shellfish reaction. It's not even an allergy. It's actually I'm part of 
0.1% of the population that has this kind of shellfish reaction, which I think is tied to the MMR shot. Yes. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I was just, I was going to cut you for a second because a lot of those allergies, I actually found some articles from 1910 that show that the peanut allergy is linked to the shots that people yep. got in 1910. So if you have a shellfish allergy, it could be linked to a shot that you got, let's say 1950s exactly. or let's say, you know, 1970s, you could have got that shot and then that had something in it. And now every time you go to consume it, you have that reaction. So that's why I said the pearl powder is a weird one because pearl is not in the shellfish family, but people could have a shellfish reaction to pearl. So yep. it makes you wonder what they could have used in one of those, you know, in one of those shots to cause that reaction every time somebody has something or right. to keep somebody from eating something, which I've seen where they've done these new things. I think it was in 2022 where they would inject things into meat. So people would have a meat allergy as soon as they ate it. So, you know, it keeps you, you away see? from certain things and makes uh -huh. you avoid certain foods. And going back to that peanut allergy, peanuts are phenomenal for you. You could turn peanuts into, into uh, gasoline to drive your car. But if everybody's got a peanut allergy, all of a sudden you completely disrupt that whole business. Right. And so before you go on, there was a CBS article that came out today. Up to 450,000 in U.S. have red meat allergies due to alpha-gal syndrome spread by ticks. ticks okay, right. well, ticks aren't the only thing that spreads that, right? Because they use alpha-gal in vaccines as a stabilizer. So, gee, I wonder if there were any long-term adverse events. <laughs> yes. And see, that's the thing is like just connecting the dots to see, and they'll announce something like that because that maybe, or for the most part, they did something prior to that so right. that now they have that number. So all of a sudden, I bet something rolled out in 2020 and 2021, which would cause that meat allergy to all of a sudden wow. start to happen. And then that would start to follow the climate change that, you know, the geoengineering then that would start to follow the stop eating meat theory and all of that, which is interesting too, because when we go into blood types and we look at people's blood types, the O blood type is the best meat eater on the planet. And it's interesting because 60% of the world is O blood type. So are you trying to eliminate 60% of the world? You know, these are questions we got to ask. Yeah, I, I've actually um, been diagnosed with Lyme disease and co-infections before, and I have trouble with red meat for years uh since then but i can eat it but I, I if i were to eat red meat you know four days out of the week uh that would be a bad for my intestines so i eat a lot of chicken a lot of turkey that's kind of mostly my diet and then twice a week i go to proteins but i know i have a, a listener that has told me about uh the peanuts and vaccines and actually that's one of the very first videos that I saw uh, from you um, was actually something in regards briefly about that, uh, that she sent. Um, and so I got to wonder, as you're connecting the dots here, you know, one of my listeners, they just wrote in on Twitch, they said, is lab grown meat the solution to world hunger? Will the protein or something in that lab grown meat not react so there will not be an allergy to that type of red meat. Meanwhile, the cell culture chicken that everybody is getting ready to get rolled out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that this is all part of a, a climate change plan and that this is all a big long rollout? 
Well, as I look out my window right now, I can see the climate changing by these l- large straight lines being sprayed <laughs> into the sky to block. Yes. Climate changing. I can see it happening as I s- literally speak to you guys <laughs> on this on the Zoom call. So, you know, as for saving the planet, I've done quite a few videos on how we could save the planet. You know, we could use electroculture. We could eat all organic. We could eliminate pesticides. We also could ban DuPont plastic so that we don't put all the plastic in the ocean. We could just have hemp. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do to really benefit the planet. And as for the meat situation, you know, the animals and all their their manure, it complements the the soil. Like you see, there's all a, with, with pasture raised farms, mm-hmm. they're working in, a, in a, a perfect circle of harmony, working with each other. The animals eat, they you know fertilize. There's all this beauty that goes with natural ways of doing things. If we eliminate one part of it, let's say just all the cows, well, now we just broke up the ecosystem. And we all know that we were taught in, in our school that if one part of the ecosystem is broken, the whole rest of the chain breaks too. So, you know, with the whole lab grown thing, what I see is it's it's control. You know, when you look at the people who are trying to control the food, control the water, control all of these, they're all eugenicists. That's what they've done. They try to remove people out of, you know, their way. So I kind of look at this whole lab grown thing as they can come in, undercut people, put who knows what into it, because I don't know what it's going to be when it's growing in a petri dish, and then try to sell it back to the people and then people might have allergic reactions to that. And then they can make another business out of that. Right. And like what you just said too, with your, with how you eat, you know, you might be a blood type, which is, it's a little harder for you to digest meat. So then now think about this, you eat some poisonous meat, it's going to be even harder for you to digest it. And it makes all these other industries, I call it the adapter to the adapter to the adapter. And you never understood the root cause. Hmm. Yeah, it's like big pharma. I bring this up all the time too. Big pharma is there to treat the symptoms, not the actual problem. I mean, you don't need a lot of all these pills. What you really need is probably, like you said, to ground yourself and literally hug a tree. Yes. As a, as a Reiki master, you can kind of understand what all that's about. And it's really sad that they've completely hijacked healthcare, especially with the Rockefellers, which you bring up all the time. I was, I was getting ready to ask you, are you familiar with the Flexner Go. Report? Yes. So the Flexner Report was when the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's took over the medical system in 1910. Also, shortly after that, you had the 1913 Federal Reserve Act, which took over all the currency. So you had the medical system hijacked and the currency about in the same time. But that Flexner Report started to remove anybody who did natural medicine. Their school would not get funding anymore. So anybody who who practiced natural medicine, did things with frequencies, did energy, Wilhelm Reich, Royal Rife, you know, all those people, they were condemned, put in jail, called woo-woo, quackery, the whole terms, the whole nine yards. And that changed the system in which it was about healing. It's interesting, too, because in the 1900s, they used to have the linen sheets in the hospital, so you would heal faster. But they started getting rid of those, too, because they got to keep the people in there and keep making money on them over and over and over again. So, you know, when you get into the Rockefellers after the breakup of Standard Oil, which was the breakup of a monopoly, as we were told, they just monopolized everything else. They monopolized the medical system, the educational system, the energy systems and everything else. So, you know, when you get into this, you start to see that these people are just trying to have you keep coming back. And that's what was part of my thing when I was sick. 
you know, nobody ever talked about the root cause of nutrition because I found out that the professionals only had five hours of nutrition in 10 years of school. So then how are they going to ever know to tell me to eat healthy if they've only had five hours in 10 years? You know, that's it's pretty bad. So, you know, when I started to realize this, it started to really change the way I look at it. And as I even got into learning about electroculture and growing your own food, I realized the same hand who got into those systems also was in the agricultural section and taking over that as well, too. Yeah, I had a, a listener of my show. She reached out to me and we spoke earlier this week. Dr. Andy Butler uh, spent her time in equestrian veterinary medicine, but she had a long conversation with me about the Flexner report. And when I was started the research and afterwards, I was vaguely familiar, but I didn't know nearly what you know and just said, and I do now after that conversation. Uh, but I was shocked to find out that the Rockefellers put educators in charge, not doctors of even putting the program together for med school. So the, the entire thing was fraudulent from the get-go because they didn't even have the medical experts, the people that were doing the uh, true natural medicine. And so uh, what Dr. Andy was telling me is like, this is the birth of allopathic medicine, which enslaves people to be sick the rest of their lives. Um, so if my listeners, if you're not familiar with the Flexner Report or what Matt just said, please go educate yourselves immediately about it. You've already heard me say that Woodrow Wilson was a bastard. He, by putting in the Federal Reserve, he was the worst president of all time, kind of sold our country out. It was unconstitutional then. It's still unconstitutional, the Federal Reserve. You hear me rail about that every once in a while. But not only that, but our healthcare system got completely taken over and has been fraudulent ever since. And so, Matt, I am so glad that you just said that. Uh, right from the get-go. I want to ask you about these linen sheets because you, you mentioned it again the second time I heard you. And second half of the show, I want to get into the uh, electricity underneath the earth, grounding and all that as well. But when you mentioned linen sheets, that's a video that I watched and I reached out to you on Instagram. And I was like, hey, I want to talk to you because I thought this was a really fascinating thing. I never heard this before. When we talk about uh, grounding, when we talk about materials, you're very big on cotton, linen and removing plastics. Can you explain to the listeners why that's important? So the biggest issue with the plastics is number one, you're funding DuPont and DuPont owns all kinds of things. Even state parks, I found out. I was doing some research. They own state parks, which is right not. here in my home state of Delaware. Absolutely. I was just going to say in North yep. Carolina too. Yep. So I was like, wow, they, they own a little <laughs> bit of everything. But with that, you know, the problem with the plastic is what happens is, is if you sleep in, for example, polyester or plastic sheets, what happens is, is you gather up this static charge and that static charge can lead to restless leg syndrome. So a lot of people who are having sleeping issues, it's because their sheets while they're moving their legs are actually gathering static the entire time. As you gather static, your blood gets thicker. The cells can't move as much. You, you start to have a lot of health ailments. And so people start to develop restless leg syndrome. So when you switch from polyester to linen, which is the original way of what everybody used to have, the sheets can no longer gather static at all and the, per and the person can sleep like a baby. And this is why when you look at like sensitive clothing or sensitive materials, it's always made out of linen or some natural material. They don't use plastics or polymers because they know that it can cause very the skin to get real hot. And as the skin starts to get real hot, what happens? You get irritable, you get angry and you get agitated. So think of when you're wearing your clothing too, they're giving us certain types of materials and clothes, which can actually impact our mood and our health. 
And this was all shown Dr. John Ott in the book, Health and Light. He explained that the three things which can impact humans the most, which is artificial fake clothing, which are plastics. Then you have radio frequencies, which can be from smart devices. And then you have artificial lights. Those three things can impact us at the cellular level. So when you get into having linen sheets in your bed, you will sleep like a baby because now what's happening is your body is cool. There's no static gathering. And that's why I said back in the hospitals in the 1900s, when a person was wounded, they would wrap them in linen sheets because the light frequency coming off the linen would begin to heal their cells faster so they could get them out quicker so they could go about their day. Now they have polyester and plastic sheets so they can keep you in for longer and then see if they can make a couple more dollars off you and then charge you like $500 for like a, a piece, you know, a piece of lint or something, whatever it is. Yeah. So the, the conversation then is in a hospital bed, especially a modern hospital, we have this plastic kind of uh, mattress that people lay on. And then we're getting these plastic sheets. So what you're saying is, and then we're getting hooked up to EKG machines and everything else. We're creating an electrical circuit within our bodies during that time. That's not allowing us to be in our natural electrical state. Is, is Am I kind of simplifying that down to the right words? Pretty much. And then the cells begin to cook. So a lot of people too, if they're using like plastic combs on their hair, they can result in hair loss over time because you've got too much static built up on the scalp and you'll start losing your hair. So think of your whole body was covered in static. Think of that science experiment we saw where they touched the bowl and the hair just goes up and the, 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 they see all that. That's what's sitting on the body. If that's sitting on the body for a long period of time, it can have detrimental health impacts because it's, 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 it's cooked. It's being cooked. That's the easiest way yeah. to describe it. And that's why when you start barefoot grounding, using linen sheets, you're removing all that static so your body can actually regenerate while you're sleeping instead of being agitated, restless, and, and can't figure out why you can't sleep at night. Awesome. I think that's going to be a great place here to take a quick little break here. What do you think, Chris? You have a quick, okay, perfect. Uh, perfect. All right, everybody. Yeah, I think it's great because that goes into the electrical side of things for the second half. And then we can talk a little about cultivateelevate.com where people can also go and check that out uh, to find some of these products to help improve your life. So make sure you check out cultivateelevate.com, but we'll talk about that in the second half as well. All right, everybody, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Make sure you're going to visit all of our sponsors on the AmericaOutloud.news webpage. They help keep the lights on, bring you this show here, uh, as well as check out the America Out Loud talk radio network available on download on all of your favorite mobile devices, uh, as well as the podcast formats where you are listening to this right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden with my special guest, Matt from Cultivate Elevate and Chris Michaels from the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. 
If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back. Second half of the show here on America in Bolden with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels and our special guest, Matt from Cultivate Elevate. We had a very awesome uh, conversation there. The first half, I think that hopefully the listeners, you've learned some already, but I don't think you've learned everything because Cultivate Elevate is much more than just supplements and taking control of your health that way. They also have this entire section called electroculture. And electroculture was not something that I was uh, familiar with but it stirred my interest because I teach all about Nikola Tesla in my classroom. And I talk about Marconi and I talk about how Nikola Tesla said that we could power the entire earth with the currents that are underneath our feet. And then all of a sudden I see that Matt and his partner are putting plants and seedlings alongside poles with copper wiring going up to the sky and they are looking amazing. So, Matt, that's where I want to start with right now is electroculture. Tell us a little bit about it. So what electroculture is, is you're harnessing the atmospheric energy that's all around us. And it's just like you said, Nikola Tesla talked all about it. You can light up light bulbs from miles away. You know, we can be using the ether, the energy that's all around us. That's all three, the chi, the prana, the orgone, the life force, whatever word you would like to call it. It's interesting because 1943, Nikola Tesla created a car that ran on the ether. So it was powered by the earth and they could just drive around for free. No gasoline needed, no, no oil, no water, no nothing. But electroculture, what you're doing is you're taking a piece of wood, you're wrapping it with copper and you're creating an atmospheric antenna and you're placing that into your garden. As you begin to place these antennas into your garden, what you'll start to notice is the plants will grow faster. You'll get bigger yields. You'll have less pests. You'll have more bees, more pollinators. You know, your plants, you'll, you'll start to get, uh, they'll be heat resistant, frost resistant. This was all shown, and it gets really interesting because I've been getting heavily into this topic um, with multiple things, but this was all shown in 1835 with the Royal Agriculture Society in New South Wales and Australia. So we're taking it back. They were writing essays. They had people, newspaper articles saying, can you please write an essay about electroculture? So this is going back, they've known about this for a long time. Then you have Justin Christo Flo, Victor Schauberger, and then you have George Lakowski, who kind of paved the way for electroculture. They, did, they wrote a lot of books and they talked about the benefits of the copper. And what was interesting is when I was getting into the research of Victor Schauberger and learning all about copper, he basically started noticing that if farmers used copper tools in their soil, they would increase their yields. But if they used iron tools in their soil, they would actually decrease their yields because the iron would lead to rust and decay, which makes the slugs come around because the slugs 
are basically copper blooded and they want to clean up all the rust and the decay. So what happens is you get this, you get this clumpy soil that's that water just sits on top of. So when it comes to saving the planet and these floods, if we have this clumpy soil, the water just sits on top and it causes a flood. Versus if we were using copper, none of those things occur and your yields go crazy. So when I was learning about his work, it was talking about in the book, Living Water, he was talking about how he presented this to politicians in the 1940s. And the politicians actually shot that down because they were getting a kickback from the fertilizer companies. And this competes against the fertilizer companies. So they put out a radio and newspaper broadcast to all farmers in the, in the, in the world that if you use copper in your soil, you'll yield too much food and not make enough money. And so when I read that, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do, I'm going to test this out because I want to see if this works. And I put it, I put it, made my simple little antenna. I put it in my Moringa plant on my balcony, on the third floor, on Scottsdale road, you know, in front of all the lights and towers and tap water and the whole shabiel. And my Moringa pods were 20 inches long. Now, if anybody knows about Moringa pods, they're usually about six inches long. So that's three times the size on a balcony. I had a friend message me the other day. He's doing electroculture in Florida. His Moringa pods are 35 inches and they just look just absolutely gigantic. And I have a whole bunch of other people messaging me that their plants are just going wild. But basically what I realized is, is that we were completely duped when all this information was lost. And then it made us more dependent on the chemical farming, Monsanto, DuPont, all these big companies, and also the dependence on the grocery store. Because if we have troubles growing our own food in our own backyard, because all of the stuff that they have at the hardware store is loaded up with iron, even the pesticides are loaded up with iron, then we're going to be having to eat at the grocery store. But if we can grow our own food and take back our power, then all of a sudden it's a completely different story. And then I don't have to worry about some weird stuff being put in my food and all kinds of other weird projects that they're trying to attempt to do. We can all have our power back, just like the victory gardens of the 1940s. It's interesting. The government's uh, now outlawing gardens in certain areas as well. You got these counties that are telling people they can't have personal gardens. Uh, HOAs are the bastion of people's existence as well with that. But uh, at the end of the day, that's food security. That's that's something that everybody should be taking control of. I live right alongside a farm that currently is growing corn that is uh, one of the subs, I can't even say the word I'm looking for, subsidiary. Yes, thank you. There, I got it, uh, of Monsanto. And I was scared out of my mind coming home last week because this biplane starts dipping down and I see the spray coming out. And uh, my home is literally 50 yards away from where they're spraying. I got a dog, I got my kids and I'm like, my own garden would be compromised because of what they're spraying. So uh, is there, uh, what do you recommend as far as growing stuff in areas where you may already live near compromised food sources? So I actually had a lady on TikTok who she showed me exact videos of what you're talking about and showed me the airplanes and she started doing electroculture and her plants are absolutely insane. So you can counter all of these things. I've realized everything is secondary. It's not really primary. Earth's, Earth's energy is primary. But if a person is in that situation, a greenhouse would be the best option, just because then at least that eliminates most of the aerial whatever's going on out there. And then you can utilize electroculture. I had a lady today message me from Canada. 
that her peas and her pods are basically growing outside of the greenhouse. She only has a two month window and she's completely blown away from just doing a couple antennas in her greenhouse. So you can make your greenhouse into a jungle just by you know basically utilizing electroculture, but that would be a great solution for at least combating the nonsense that we constantly face with the stuff that's outside in the air. And then the other thing is with the energy that you're bringing back to the soil, you'll start to get more bees, more pollinators and birds because a lot of these chemicals, like you were just saying, they're harming a lot of these things. And once we start supporting our animals with energy, those animals can be strong, they're more resistant, they're more powerful, and then more will start to come about. And it would be funny if you took an electroculture antenna and put it in his yard, just because it can help to balance out everything in the terrain and the atmosphere and up in the sky. Chris, this is going to uh, trigger the people that get uh, on our case when we talk about energy and frequency, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, but, well. <laughs> but, but, you know, what, what you're saying, Matt, makes sense because um, I, I volunteer my time for an organization that brings dogs into hospitals and classrooms and watch, you know, kids just, they light up, the patients light up. But I think what you believe and what I believe, Matt, and what Chris believes and what other people haven't been hip to is it's because the dogs have been outside grounded. And then we come and we pet the dog and we're taking that energy of grounding from the dog while we're petting them, which helps ground us and hit a different frequency. Am I correct in that? Or am I, am I, uh, am I shooting past the, uh, the green on the uh, golf course here? No, that's 100, 100% correct. And that's why those dog shoes don't make a lot of sense because they're taking away the grounding that the animal is actually taking place in. And that's why dogs are dogs are some of the strongest animals when you think of our animals right now that obviously we have as pets, but because they're always grounded. Now, horses, on the other hand, they usually put the, the thing in between so they're not touching the ground anymore. So they've lost their grounding ability. So horses begin to fall apart because they're not grounding like they once did. I have wild horses by me. They're just roaming around having a good old time because they're still touching the earth like we're supposed to. So, yes, that energy is exchanging. And Marcel Vogel showed this with even plants, that we exchange energy between us and plants. And if you touch a plant or you touch a tree, you're exchanging your energy between those two. And it's just interesting because he was all about it. He was to do about it to where his wife said, you know, are you going to just sit there and talk to the plants? And he goes, when they start telling me answers, <laughs> yes, I will be. And he found out, if you look up Marcel Vogel and all of the inventions that that man made with crystals and and the LCD display, which was in every single device, you can see where he was getting his information from. He said he literally got the information from plants. So, yeah. I will say that I just put in one of my copper, uh, copper wire and wooden dowels into my amaranth uh, today. So I have six pots that I have to take care of, but I want to get into piezoelectricity or piezoelectricity or however you say it, which is where you take a field and you manipulate crystals. You can either make them bigger or you can scrunch them down, um, but it's essentially going to use magnetics. At least that's what I want. Now, here's the funny thing about where I am in New York. You can't find magnets anywhere. I've, I've gone to plenty of stores and nobody has a magnet. Hmm. So my the gist of what I'm trying to do is put four magnets around a piece of quartz at the top and then I'm going to wire it down into the soil itself just to see what would happen. Um, because around me is plenty of geoengineering. 
So I'm assuming that that is also impacting a lot of these plants too. So with that, the geoengineering is blocking up the roots. That's why you see a lot of plants are suffering at the root level. Like the mm -hmm. bottom of the tree is falling apart, but the top of the tree is fully alive. And that's because the root system's getting all blocked up because there's no ability for the sap and the nutrients to flow up and down. And that's electrical conductivity, that's energy. You know, this, there's right. a very simple thing people can look into, just the moon cycles. You know, mm -hmm. as, the, as we get to the full moon, the sap goes up the plant. At you, when you hit the full moon, you get the best flavored uh, plants that you can eat. And then as you go back down, the sap goes back down. So everything is energy. But as what you were describing with the piezoelectric effect, what you can do is you can get a piece of quartz and you can wrap it with a piece of copper. So it squeezes that and that will create a piezoelectric effect. And that's what all actually that's what all of our computers and devices do. They have little tiny crystals in them of quartz that are squeezed so that they can emit or transmit a frequency. So you're doing the exact same thing. You're just using it to help assist nature. Now, if you can't find magnets, you can look into the lodestone. It's yep. the magnetic stone that was hit by lightning, which is something they always tell you to stay away from. But it's the, the magnetic stone, and it has a natural magnetic frequency because it's, it was hit by lightning. So you could use something like that on top of your antenna, or you can use a piece of quartz on top of your antenna, and that will help give you the piezoelectric effect or it will give you the reflection of the color spectrum onto your plants as well, because there's little tiny fractals and designs that are in all these different stones. And when the sun hits it, it reflects that same fractal right back onto your plants to help boost the plant life. Right. I just finished uh, Joseph Farrell's book, He's a Death Star Revisited, and he gets into piezoelectric, piezoelectric I can never say that, P-electricity, how about that? He gets into that. And he talks about the pyramid and how it was the Great Pyramid of Giza and how it was constructed. So you have limestone, you have granite, and you've got quartz crystals all throughout it. So basically what he says is, as this energy and this frequency comes from the bottom of the pyramid, it travels throughout all of these stones and it starts to resonate the quartz. And you have a large frequency at the base. And as you get towards the top, you get a more focused frequency. So my logic behind all of this is to surround the quartz with the magnets and wrap the quartz and the magnets in the copper and then wire the copper down into the soil itself to try and create a further effect of the piezoelectricity into that quartz by using magnets and copper. I so like that. We'll see yeah, what you, happens. Yeah, I was gonna say, you could do that or you could use sand because sand will okay. create compression too and it has the silica and the quartz. And right. what you're referencing to is if somebody wants to look into, it's called Dolmens, D-O-L-M-E-N-S. And there's tons of them in New York. They're actually scattered mm -hmm. all about. Usually wherever they take ghost photos or they see those little orbs floating around, those are where two stones are stacked on top of each other, creating a compression of plasma, which is showing the little orb that's floating around, which is piezoelectric effect. Right. I, I, they're a little bit of far away from me. I'm closer to the Montauk project. Gotcha. But, <laughs> so one last question from me. What did you find out about all the weather vanes and the orbs on top of architecture? So it's interesting. I just have my book and it is upstairs. Otherwise, I would run and get it. But it's interesting. The weather vanes are what lightning. So weather vane is the original term of a lightning rod. And what's interesting is when you look at these lightning rods, they're absolutely massive. The one that they show is made out of gold leaf and copper, which are conductive materials. And the one that they show in this book, it has a big round ball 
and it has a big, beautiful gold eagle on top with an arrow, and it's being placed in front of 10 men. That's how large it is. And it says this lightning rod, which, you know, if it was a lightning rod, as they say, was placed on top of a church in Illinois. Now, I don't know any churches that have a gigantic eagle with an arrow and a big piece of gold that probably weighs close to, I don't know, there's 10 people standing in front of it. So it's absolutely massive. But when you start to think about it, it looks like they're gathering energy rather than just catching lightning. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The whole theory of these don't make a lot of sense. And this one guy was saying, which I thought was really interesting on his website, he was saying that they didn't make lightning rods to catch energy. What they made was they put rods on top of houses so that when all the static would build up on the house, it would actually discharge and leave the house. Otherwise, lightning would hit the house because Mm. it has too much static. So it's kind of like this inverted thing when you really think about it. But I've been collecting a bunch of books. I'm going to do a bunch of videos on this, but just some mind blowing stuff to say. People are building massive, you know, uh, one ton lightning rods and putting them on top of churches. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, when you're talking about this, I'm thinking about them from a time period standpoint. Like, uh, how far back do those go? Uh, what what years are you talking about? So some of those are 1775. Which, okay. if you think about that, okay, you're sitting there thinking, well, uh, what what technology did at, they have? At, at, yeah, at that point in time, you have Gauss that was doing his technology with prim- primitive batteries. With Alessandro Volta, who was doing some things as well. So we had at that point in time uh, primitive battery, and when I say primitive, it wasn't really primitive; it was the modern battery. So the calculations were there. Okay, so that lines up with people using electricity in creative ways. Okay, that's why I wanted to find out whereabouts. Did you find that any of that was used from a perspective to gather electricity and and to hold it in any way, shape or form? Have you found any book research on the books from that? So weirdly enough, all of them are made from copper. And there's whole things that just talk about copper, copper, copper. The one guy says even in his book, don't buy anybody else's unless it's made from copper and don't buy anybody else's but mine, you know, which is the typical uh, Henry Ford quote. I think all cars in black are you can buy and I only sell black cars. But anyway, so with that, uh, the, 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 they were all made from copper and then gold leaf. Some of them, they said, had lead inside of them, which I was sitting there thinking, okay, that's interesting. And then other ones were copper and zinc, which copper and zinc makes a battery. So I kind of was sitting there thinking, okay, if you're trying to deflect or protect from lightning, the one book showed it installed into the roof. And if we think about houses at that time, if we're going 1775 or whatever it is, I'm thinking people are, you know, primarily building out of things with wood. They might have a wooden roof. They might have some plaster or some clay, maybe some something. But it doesn't make any sense that you want the lightning to travel into your home unless maybe it's lighting up things which are in your home, almost like there's an earth battery below your house. And it's keeping that charge so that you could light up your light bulbs, which were usually carbon arcs at that time. You had carbon arc light bulbs, which were real popular. But, you know, maybe something like that. But these, if, if I had the book, I would show you, I'll send you some pictures on this, but they're just gigantic. Like it doesn't even make any sense. The one looks like the Liberty Bell. Like it's, it's absolutely massive. So it's like, why would you put that up on top of a, of a building? You know, and then also, how would you get it up there? Because like in the one picture they were showing, they're using like cranes to lift it because they said that a hurricane knocked it over. You know, the traditional story, there's a fire or a hurricane. 
But, you know, you sit there and wonder, then, then how did they ever even get it up there in the first place if it was that large? What's interesting is someone asked, where are they now? And I told them, well, at the end of the book, it says the Smithsonian Institute. And it's like, yeah, of course, it always ends up there. But it's just a, it's very interesting. And the designs are very, very fascinating because for catching lightning, you know, these are so intricate and so detailed. It, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Have you run across anything with mercury? Because what I was going to do also is actually get mercury vials and put them into the soil too with the, uh, with the electroculture. Um, and it also reminds me of something else that, do you remember the, I think it was Aztec or Olmec or maybe even Mayan king who was buried in a pool of mercury? Yes. I thought that was very odd. And then you also find out if you pump enough electricity through mercury, you actually get gold. Yes. So, so yeah, what did you find out about mercury? There's an interesting article I found from, I think it's 1842 in Australia that talks about how mercury was used in alchemy and can be used to create electricity. I've also utilized mercury, actually took it, put it in front of a voltmeter, spun it in a circle and noticed that it created voltage. And the yeah. faster I would spin it, the higher that voltage would go on the voltmeter. And so I thought, hmm, maybe this mercury retrograde thing we're always talking about or whatever of the spin oh, yeah. backwards <laughs> of mercury, yep. maybe that relates. And a lot of the pyramids used to have mercury pools under them. Mm -hmm. So if those are spinning, those are creating energy. And when I got into learning about some of these lightning rods, they usually were made out of you know brass or copper and zinc. And then there was usually an orb that was underneath them. And sometimes those orbs would hold mercury. So then you sit there and think, why do you got mercury up on top of your roof? But what we know is the taller you go up or the higher you go up, the more atmospheric energy there is. So, you know, when people are getting into, for example, electroculture, what you're doing is you're taking those same atmospheric antennas that you used to see on all these old world buildings, and we're bringing them down on the ground level to help assist our plants. But Mercury could be another one because it's another one we're told to stay away from. And I think we're told to stay away from it is because it could gather free energy, like what right. was happening in World War II when they were learning that if you spun mercury, you could create propulsion and energy and all these different things. Right. Oh, that ties right into what happened earlier this week with advanced technology. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered, and Matt, I'm not sure if you came across this in some of your research, but I've always been fascinated at the fact that humans have become enamored with gold since really civilization. You know, we, we see it in uh, Greek times, we see it in biblical stories, see it in scrolls. W what is it about gold in particular, uh, platinum, uh, that humans are attracted to and we've assigned uh, monetary value to it throughout all the ages? So I look at it as those are conductors silver, gold, um, you know, copper, these are all conductors and they conduct a lot of energy. And if you look at, for example, like the Pope, I was actually just telling my friend about this the other day. He's got a gold crown on, which is a conductor with jewels, with lapis and all different types of stones, which also conduct electricity. And then usually a gold staff or cane in his hand, which also conducts electricity and is a conductor. And then if we think of the story of Moses parted the river with his staff, did he have an electrical staff or some sort of staff to move the water? Because we know if, if currents are going into the water, it can actually change the flow of the water, similar to a dam. 
you know, but gold, I think, connects so much because it's a material that we hold heartedly to us. And I think it connects a lot into the old world where a lot of stuff was with gold. And if we go into alchemy, you know, people used to make a lot of things out of like, for example, lead, they would take lead and turn it into gold. And then there's different types of things with gold with monatomics and ormus, which are basically quantum materials, which can light up the brain and get everything going. That connects with gold. People used to eat gold, which was mana. That was that whole thing too. So if you look at all these parts of life that gold is connected to, or let's say a person is wearing a cross on their chest, that's a gold antenna. It's a very large gold antenna. So, you know, when you start to connect these things all to spiraling, because that's energy, everything spirals, you know, you start to see these certain symbols, you start to see how all this relates to energy, and it's all connected back to certain materials. Nobody's ever like, can you get me a plastic something? They're like, can you get me gold? Can you get me silver? Can you get me copper, platinum? You know, all these highly conductive materials, the same ones which are also in these devices. So I feel like, you know, deep down, we're very connected to these materials because of that. And, you know, I think it was a 1933 Federal Reserve Act where they got rid of everybody's gold and they were trying to say you need to turn it all in or something. And they were trying to take the gold from the people. I think that's part of because every person had gold at that time because things were so abundant. People were into dousing where they would go find gold. They would find water. They would find minerals. People were very in tune with all of these materials in the earth. And over time, they kind of lost that. And that's where they also probably lost the connection with gold. And now we have a fiat money made out of linen, actually. Linen is in the, the dollar bill. So it goes really? hand in hand. I, I did not realize that the dollar bill was linen as the the official part of that currency. Wow. I just That makes sense then when you wash it, um, why it doesn't just disintegrate. I never really yep. thought about that. No static. <laughs> Yeah. And that's unlike uh, the way that the Bidens uh, launder their money, Chris. I just want to make sure that <laughs> yeah. you understand that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they, they just they just swipe it. They just swipe it. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, a couple of times you had mentioned something I want to try to get in before we wrap up with you today. Uh, you had mentioned the importance of sunlight. Um, and for me, uh, I'm Irish descent and I burn really easily. But I've always tried to stay off the sunscreen. I get yelled at by my wife when I burn. She's like, you should have put on the sunscreen. I'm like, eh. I've always been under the impression that sunlight through the eyes, sunlight through the skin is actually more healthy than harmful. But I am of the belief that it's actually the sunscreen that's causing the cancers and skin cancers. I'm just curious, uh, what side do you come down on? So I just put up a video on this and it just started getting fact checked about this, about how I said the sun is healthy and the toxins are poisonous. And they said that I'm misleading SPF into making people believe that SPF is dangerous. So I cited Harvard Medical School that they said that the ingredients in sunscreen are linked to cancer. So I showed that. Then I showed the inactive ingredients in sunscreen, which the first inactive ingredient is aluminum. Aluminum is linked to breast cancer and all types of other issues as well. So I showed all the ingredients of all of those things. And then the last video I just did, I showed what it looks like when a person puts sunscreen on their body under a UV camera. Their skin actually goes completely black and it looks like they're covering themselves with oil, which is interesting because the sunscreen companies were created partially in with the Rockefellers when you're going into that whole thing. And they turned oil into sunscreen. 
Now, if we want to take it a step further, we can look at, it's called a PubMed study called um, the, uh, the PubMed study is that, not, sorry, melanoma is not a sunshine story. And it's basically talking about how people who live next to radio frequency towers had a 11 times more higher chance of getting melanoma than those who did not. Yep, that's the study right there. And it was showing that people who were living next to these FM radio stations were more inclined to get melanoma than those who were not. And what was interesting was, was they were talking about how the places in which people were getting melanoma were in places in which they weren't even exposed to sunshine. So if you're going to blame the sun, why are we not talking about the frequencies and all of those things? So what they've done is they've attacked the sun, this beautiful ball of energy that gives us life and wakes us up every day, right? Because as soon as the sun comes up, you're getting up. You know, so they attack this beautiful ball that gives us light. And it was interesting, too, because last I think it was two two weeks ago, the the White House was talking about how they want to block out the sun so they could save the planet by by spraying sulfur dioxide into the air. So they said that some people might get harmed and have breathing issues, but we're going to save the planet. So, you know, when you look at all these things in a row, the sun is not dangerous. It's all the toxins. It's the, the frequencies. And then whoever knows whatever's going up in the air is also coming back down. But then they sit and say, my post is fact-checked and misleading on information. When I presented all the facts that were already shown, uh, you know, by all the, the highest prestigious medical schools in the world. So it's just, it's yep. funny how all these things, but yes, I don't think anybody needs any of that stuff. They can build a base tan, they can clean up their diet, they can avoid seed oils. You know, they can use carrot seed oil or non-nano zinc if, they're, if, if, if they have any troubles with the sun. But building a base tan is crucial because obviously you don't want to just cook yourself tomorrow, but just, you know, take it day by day. And that's where that getting connected to nature part that we went through is really into that. Because as you just barefoot ground for a little amount of time, you're going to build the base tan at that same time. And what's interesting, too, is being afraid of the sun is like being afraid of taking a breath of air. Because it's the same exact thing. And it, it's this fear frequency that we've been put into that this is all dangerous, but it's like, this is what's keeping us alive. Without the sun, we wouldn't be here, you know? So it's a complete flip side of just what we've been told and what we've been sold. And I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, and people, uh, you know, my friend John has this way of saying when he's in a library, he feels very humbled. Because when he looks at all the books that are around him, it reminds him of just the fraction of knowledge that he actually has in his brain. That there's so much that we'll never be able to accomplish as far as a knowledge base. But that's why I love doing a podcast. I love bringing people like yourself on, uh, talking to individuals, because you're going to read a completely different set of uh, literature than I'm going to read and be able to bring that perspective over an hour to a listening audience where they can digest and then say, Hey, I'm going to look up these resources myself to, to find out a little bit more. And so you have a great website that people can already go to. It's called cultivate 
cultivateelevate.com. So you can go to cultivateelevate.com. And if you've heard at the very beginning about Shilajot, the mushrooms, there's an entire section that's dedicated there, as well as there's a shop section where you can buy uh, freshwater pearl powder. You can get uh, chai latte blends. You can get the tremella mushrooms, organic capsules. And all of this is organically sourced uh, by Cultivate Elevate. Um, there's no GMO products. It's all uh, just uh, really, you guys have painstakingly gone through and created a great brand here as well. I'm not affiliated at this point in time with you either. And I want to point that out to my audience. Um, I plan on becoming affiliated with you after this, because it's been a great conversation, uh, but I'm not currently. So, you know, do with that as you want. I'm getting no kickback on this episode with Matt. I want to make that very clear to my audience. It's just something I believe in because you're citing the literature with what you're talking about. And I believe everybody wants to feel better. You don't want to live in a pharmaceutical world. Uh, you want to live naturally and healthy, the best, getting your exercise, eating clean, uh, living clean as well. Um, so uh, Matt, is there like, a, when you go to order through your site, is there a way people can get like recurring orders or how do you handle that? So everything right now, we just have single orders. We don't have anything reoccurring. We thought about maybe doing that in the future, but what we weren't sure just because, you know, sometimes it could be confusing for people if they have reoccurring orders and things like that, you know, and I don't want to people to feel like mistaken that there's an order showing up at their house. So, you know, right now you can just order right through the directly through the website and then on relation to the electroculture, we have a page dedicated towards all that information too. And then I put up all the videos and blogs that I talk about on our page as well. And I try to put out as much information and new information as possible on there too, so that people can learn and have updates and things like that. Because I'm really big on, as we were talking about with this whole last hour, you know, citing sources, different books, different ways of seeing things. Because I realized that, you know, if we go back into it, when I talked about how the Rockefellers took over the medical system, they also took over the educational system in about 1910 when they created the General Education Board. You know, so everything that we've been taught has been taught through a, you know, a filter almost. And that filter has kept us in the dark for a long period of time. And what I'm about is just trying to bring the light in there and just show a different side. Because I realize that we've been just duped on so many levels and I'm so over it. I can't, can't deal with it anymore. So I want to bring as much positivity to it. But these are just some solutions that work for me. And I hope that they can work for somebody else who's having maybe some issues as well. Well, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to the America Out Loud audience on the show here with Chris Michaels and myself. It's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Uh, love to bring you back on again, if you're agreeable to that. I think that you've got some great knowledge that you can share with everybody. So we'll get you scheduled uh, again on the show as well. To my listeners, I want you to go to Instagram, Cultivate Elevate, follow his page, as well as go to YouTube where you can see the videos there. Um, that's probably the two best places. And then cultivateelevate.com where you can learn more about electro culture, or you can contact Matt and his partner Amra directly uh, to ask questions that you may have. Um, I hope that we honored your time. Well, everybody, it's been a, a great quick hour here. Uh, if you're on Twitch, we're going to stay on for a little bit longer after this, uh, but we're going to wrap up here with Matt at this point in time. Uh, appreciate everybody being here and we'll do this all again next week. Everybody, you've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels and our special guest, Matt, from Cultivate Elevate here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Mm -hmm.